Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. While Australian housing prices may have tumbled some since the house pricing spiral, um, the cost of owning your own home is just as out of reach as ever for many young and often not so young Australians. At one time, owning your own home, even a modest one, was an achievable dream. It's just not the case anymore. And while the majority in certainly my generation were able to get a foothold in the market, that is not going to be commonplace for my children's generation. Christian groups like Vinnie's and the Sydney Alliance, a coalition of over 40 non-profit, community, education, faith and trade union organisations, have been holding a series of public forums recently to shine a light on the housing affordability crisis. Now, those forums have heard many personal stories. Those stories make the compelling case that the lack of low-cost housing isn't only a problem in its own right as to affordability and home ownership, but it also makes other situations that people face so much worse. Take, for instance, uh, domestic violence that leads to family breakdown with the lack of affordable housing equals the plight of a single mother being so much worse to be able to maintain their kids in their own environment, their own neighbourhood. Magnus Linder is the CEO of Churches Housing. It represents church-based providers of affordable housing. Welcome to Open House. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. What are your surveys telling you? What are people saying to you at the forums about affordability? Yeah, I think there's a real community concern about uh, housing affordability and particularly the provision of uh, affordable housing and the stress that's placing on family relationships and incomes uh, and uh, the ability to be able to, to live anywhere near where you work. At our forum in Parramatta, we've got a young uh, single mum who's been escaping domestic violence uh, with a couple of kids and uh, has finally been able to get back on her feet after a very traumatic time and, uh, you know, and having, having had to um, really even leave her parents' house because her ex knew where she was. Mm-hmm. So she's had to really be in hiding. But now being in the rental market, she's finding that she's paying 59% of her income in rent. And so that means that uh, as someone that's already on a on a reasonably low income, it means that there's absolutely no discretionary income at all, and she's trading off necessities uh, for something else. So health, education, you know, do I pay for those things or do I pay the rent? Um, you know, sometimes the decision is actually do I eat or do I pay the rent? Well, I'll feed the kids and I'll pretend I'm not hungry and yeah. I'll yeah. pay the rent. Yeah. So often we hear um, these days where religion in the public square is contested uh, that the government should take away tax deductibility from churches. There's, There's a very angry line running at the moment about all of that. But how much housing is provided, low cost housing, is provided by churches and church agencies in one form or another? Thousands thousands of units Uh, and in fact if you look at this space now particularly in terms of social housing you'll find that predominantly the only new social housing that's coming online is being built on church land uh, mostly and uh, you know they are really outnumbering the, the things that are being built uh, on government land and certainly there's virtually none being built on, on private land. 
Uh, and large part of that is also due to a, a, you know, a government initiative, which I've got to give due credit to our current state government through a social and affordable housing fund that's actually enabled churches. Um, and certainly at the moment I can give credit to uh, uniting Vinnies and Baptist Care, they, they're all building 500 or more units of uh, both social and affordable housing mm. uh, around New South Wales and in Sydney. Mm. Well, we know that th- th- those are great numbers and that's that's good work, but those numbers will hardly scratch the surface of the level of need. Um, certainly even if you look at the waiting lists for people to get access to state government-run housing, it's sometimes a decade or more before their name will come up. In other words, no practical use whatsoever. Yeah, and, you know, I think... um, And that's why we've come together with the Sydney Alliance to really call for dramatic reform to um, our policies and the way we look at uh, housing affordability, and particularly we're talking about affordable rentals uh, more than affordable purchases, with the median price being 1.1 million in Parramatta, where I'm sitting right now, uh, that that is already unaffordable for most people on a low to moderate income. Even if they're working, it's you know it's still not affordable. You can be earning in the low six figures and still not be able to buy into the market. So what we really need is a um, a policy that sets aside affordable rentals. For people so that they can actually afford to live in Sydney while performing, uh, you know, key key worker roles. It's interesting, isn't it? We used to uh, say, perhaps a couple of generations ago, yes, the state government or the council um, will provide the housing for those in poverty. But these days, it's not. If it were possible for them to do so, uh, it's not practical. I mean, if it was possible financially. So we always have relied as a country on on churches and other welfare organisations, but predominantly churches, um, to provide the bulk of social services, really. What we need from government, though, is, is, you're absolutely right, good policy settings that facilitates, enables, and even perhaps encourages that to happen. What sorts of things does the Sydney Alliance have in mind? We're really calling for what we call inclusionary zoning, which which is you know a, a big word, and I don't want to zone out all your listeners <laughs> with that word, but it basically means that we set aside a, a, a minimum percentage of any larger development that basically saying you have to include that minimum percentage of either social or affordable housing within that development, and and for some developments where you know it may be a development of higher end apartments that are not really suitable to be affordable housing we would say well you know there's a there's a cash equivalent that can be put into a fund and be used by community housing providers to actually build affordable housing and that's already happened uh, for quite a number of years in the city of Sydney and has been working very well within certain precincts such as Green Square and, and Waterloo where there's been an enormous number of developments. Uh, all the developers were actually paying into a fund that has paid for many hundreds of affordable housing units to be built across uh, the, the inner city uh, for key workers. And what we're calling for is really for that sort of program to be rolled out uh, right across Sydney. Mm. Uh, Magnus Linder is our guest. He's the CEO of Churches Housing. It's an agency policy organisation that represents the uh, church, the churches who provide housing. Um, 
All the big names are there. Uh, and also the co-chair of the Sydney Alliance housing team in this campaign leading up to the federal and state elections of 2019, state elections in New South Wales, that is. Uh, so a series of uh, events in Sydney, one coming up on uh, Monday, this tomorrow in fact, in Hornsby and then another in Parramatta, leading right up to the Sydney Town Hall in March. What's the idea of those, apart from making a noise? Are they, they'll achieve something positive. As, I'm not saying noise making isn't positive. What, what else would you achieve with these forums, Magnus? Yeah, well what we're seeking to achieve is actually to engage firstly with our local forums as we're running uh, in Hornsby uh, on Monday and in Parramatta on November the 7th. We'll be engaging particularly with the local council uh, and also with our state local MPs and we've also made the decision to include our federal MPs that it's an issue that actually encompasses all levels of government and uh, and we're finding that they're all kind of working separately and have different ideas from each other and they're not really working collectively so what we want to do is bring them together and show that this actually is uh, an issue that has uh, popular support and that there is concern across a wide range of the community and we'll be asking um, councillors, state MPs and federal MPs for their response and for people to be able to hear that out. And in terms of um, the councils, we're also asking that they commit to actually working with the state government rather than separately from them. Mm. And uh, there, there is an avenue for uh, councils to get greater power to actually implement uh, affordable housing. And so the state government set that up, but most councils have not yet taken up that power. Some have applied and uh, haven't been yet gone through that process. And so what we're trying to do is bring everything to light and show that you know there, there are methods and, and mechanisms that, that uh, can be made. We also want to bring out stories and tell stories to the politicians of what's happening in people's lives. Um, and, and so we'll have a few storytellers. We'll also have some academics that basically can also uh, give the state of, uh, state of the nation and speak the truth with some evidence-based research mm. about what's happening uh, right now and what's also happening around the world in terms of a response. You know, this policy is actually working uh, in other world cities like New York, London, Amsterdam, they're all doing this. And there was an outcry in London when they redeveloped uh, King's Cross, uh, which had you know, run down quite considerably, and they reduced it, uh, the affordable housing component from 50% to 35%, and there was an, a public outcry. Mm. Here in Sydney, we've got the Greater Sydney Commission saying we're going to do 5 to 10% on the uplift <laughs> in only in certain pockets of Sydney, mm. uh, very close to railway stations. So, you know, it's, it, it really will take a very long time to make any difference if, if we're set such low targets. And so we're calling for much braver targets and it's, it's actually much more about political will than anything else. Yes, well, it's a complex beast, the price of property and all of the investments that hang off that and thereby hangs a different tale of other people whose income depends on it, but we'll leave that for a different time. Magnus, thanks so much for, for speaking with us. 
Thank you very much, and I'd encourage everyone to go to our Sydney Alliance webpage if you want to find out more about the, the campaign uh, or uh, about our assemblies. Just go to sydneyalliance.org.au. Nicely done. Thank you, Magnus. Thank you. Magnus Linder, CEO of Churches Housing, representing those church providers of affordable housing. And if you want to go to the next two of their forums uh, held in conjunction with the Sydney Alliance, of which Churches Housing is a member, it's the Hornsby RSL at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Monday, the Baronia Room, and the Parramatta Mission at 6.30 for 7, that's on Friday night, leading up to a big uh, meeting in the Sydney Town Hall in, uh, in the lead-up to the federal and state elections. Early next year, March next year. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.